He's involved in a number of businesses. He's a great role model. Telling it like it is. Giving you both sides of the story. This is Cats at Night. Great American, a great New Yorker. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is John Katsimatidis, TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. It shows you how old I am. I don't think I mean, anybody uses that expression anymore. And uh, in the studio with us, we have two Democrats. No Republicans. It's Friday, Repub- John. It's Republicans Friday. Republicans take the fri- Fridays off. Uh, and uh, we have Judge Richard Weinberg and Governor David Patterson. Welcome to the studio. Thank, Thank you. you. And my sidekick, Lydia Serrano. How are you, Lydia? I'm doing well, sir. You're going out to a baseball game tonight, right? You have to watch out because it's could rain. Take me out to the ball game. And we'll see. If it rains too hard, maybe I'll go. I won't go. Um, well, we have a great show for everyone today. We will be speaking with uh, Larry Kudlow, of course. It's Friday. Carolyn Maloney. And D- possibly we'll also be talking to former uh, DA Frank Tarantino, Dr. Peter Mikolos. Eric Shuffler is also going to stop by. Former uh, administrator of the EPA, Scott Pruitt. But first, we have... Breaking no. News, WABC. And on the line with us right now is always a pleasure to have you back with us. Your wisdom, your insight, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. How are you, sir? I'm great. How are you today? Good Good. to be with you all. Uh, Mr. Secretary, there's so many things going on in the world right now. Where do you want to start uh, tonight? Oh, my goodness. I I think one of the things that's getting the least attention that will truly begin to have an even greater impact here in the United States is what's going on inside of China today. These massive lockdowns in Shanghai and other regions are having a huge disruptive effect on our supply chain. We see it in lots and lots of products. Uh, This is going to turn out to be a big deal for American consumers, American workers, American families all across America. Xi Jinping has really set a course. It's it's brutal on his own people, but it will have ramifications for us here at home as well. And is it having ramifications on some of the products they're making for us in the United States? I mean, this baby formula, we don't know – we're, we still haven't analyzed where it's coming from and why we're short on it. And and it seems like the states along the Mex- Mexican border are shorter than the rest of the states because the government is taking them and giving it to the refugees. I mean, I don't mind helping people, but shouldn't the American people come first? Not at the expense of Americans, too. Yeah. What do you think, Secretary of State Pompeo? Oh, goodness gracious. No, this is this is a, a tragedy. This is a, was a preventable tragedy in the sense of uh, so many mothers are out there. You see them all over on the online trying to figure out how just to feed their children in the United States of America. If you step back and just pause for a second to think about that, it is it is so inconsistent with us, who we've been as a nation. We thought of this as you know, empty shelves in the Soviet Union or poor people in North Korea. And now we've got mothers that can't get formula for their infants here in the United States of America. It, you know, it's um, we, we should absolutely make sure that we get this right here at home first for the American people. But I think it's part, John, it is part of uh, the, the fantasy that the Biden administration has lived in. But they live in this fantasy world where they don't understand that there's real world ramifications for putting uh, the Green New Deal and locking out American energy and putting taxes on American businesses and telling parents they don't. Uh, get to teach their kids the right things if that's what they want to do. That kind of fantasy has real-world ramifications on people in ways that um, are now coming home to roost for the administration. It's, I, I really don't understand, Mr. Secretary, how uh, people – they say that 18% of the people think uh, President Biden is doing a great job. I don't know where those 18% are. 
It was about the inflation. He wants to pour more, more money into it or more, put, print more money. I mean, oh, no, that inflation is going to help the economy. I couldn't figure that oh, out. And then he also wants to put more taxes on the fossil fuel industry, and he's canceling leases in Alaska. And in, in the fossil fuel industry, I said to him, but Mr. President, then uh, uh, the, those fossil fuel companies are just going to pass it on to uh, the uh, consumers. They are they are disconnected from the things that we all know, the, the fundamentals of how uh, markets provide products, how consumers get the things they need, how families take care of themselves. They just live in this world with their progressive uh, ideologues who want uh, a, the Green New Deal and Greta Thunberg, all, all these folks, right? They just don't understand the things that have made us so successful are returning to these simple founding ideas. And they believe big government directed from the top can make it happen. And you're seeing empty store shelves as a direct result of that. Those those shelves fill because uh, suppliers say, you know what, I can make a little bit of money if I have that in the, on the store shelf. And they do it. And we are all better off for it. The, these folks want to live in a different world where they think they know much better than American families and American workers. And a lot of product is uh, distributed around our country with trucks for, for diesel fuel. And uh, right now they're saying diesel fuel might be a shortage. John, we're at risk of shortage. Not only we're seeing it with baby formula today, but you point out diesel fuel. There's a real risk that we'll have even broader food shortages as uh, farmers try to plant their crops and fertilizers now 200 or 250% more expensive than it was just one planting season ago. Uh, part of that's uh, because of what's taking place in Ukraine, but a good deal out of it is because we uh, made the political decision. We, the American leadership, Joe Biden, made the political decision to shut in American energy when we were nearly energy independent. And he said, don't loan to them, don't buy their stock, don't bank for them, don't talk to them, don't deal with them. He shut it all in as if, as if the internal combustion engine was no longer necessary. Uh, this is this is a real tragedy, and we are likely in the fall to begin to face shortages of products that go far beyond just the one we're seeing today in infant formula. And the leases that were canceled, they were canceled in Alaska, where we have a 2 million barrel a day uh, pipeline, and we're only using 400,000 barrels. So... Uh, Nobody can make sense of this. And rather than coming up with a solution, Secretary Pompeo, what do you think about the fact that the Biden administration continues to blame Trump? They continue to blame COVID, Putin and everything else in between. The only one that doesn't think that President Biden is responsible for the high cost of energy, I think, is President Biden himself. Uh, the, the American people are pretty shrewd. They, they get it. They can see that this was a set of policies that could have had a clearly predictable outcome. And the one we're seeing today, I was uh, traveling. I'm, I'm here trying to help Senator Laxalt his campaign uh, in Nevada. I saw gas prices over five bucks as I was driving in today. You could have predicted this. The moment, the moment you said, we're going to shut down American energy, we're not going to have leases, not only in Alaska, but on federal land. The moment you made it uh, uh, somehow feel icky, to be participant in the fossil fuel supply chain, you, you knew that these prices were going to come and it will have enormous, enormous implications for the American economy. Uh, we, we know it's already had enormous implications on Europe because the United States doesn't have the capability to deliver the product that they need as Vladimir Putin is using fossil fuels to coerce them. Uh, it, it not only imperils American prosperity, but American security as well. It was, it was dumb on its face. They could change it tomorrow. I hope that they will come to their senses and do so. 
What else would you like? We got another minute left. What would you like to tell the American people? I actually I have a question Go for ahead. Secretary Pompeo. Yes, I know ma'am. you're you're a man of faith. I want I want your opinion on how you feel about this whole politi- politicization of uh, abortion and the fact that they're now protesting and trying to uh, force the justices to make it legal up until birth. I mean, what's your uh, feeling on all of this? Well, it wasn't surprising to me um, to watch the court finally reach the resolution that said that Roe was just a terrible decision. And it gives the states the opportunity to have the political engagement to make the right decision to protect the unborn in a way that I think we all know makes sense. I equally wasn't surprised to see that when uh, Senator Schumer put a bill on the floor to try and legalize uh, the killing of a baby up until the moment of birth uh, that it failed so badly. I was I was only surprised to see that there were 49 United States senators, all Democrats, who thought that that was acceptable, that the the very second before a baby is born, the mother should have the ability to snuff that life. Uh, it's wrong. It's immoral. And I was uh, I was not surprised to see that the United States Senate rejected that with a majority, bipartisan majority, albeit one Democrat doing so. Well, Secretary Pompeo, thank you so much. And thank you for speaking out for the American people like you've always done. And, and God bless you and God bless America. Thank you. Bless you both as well. You all have a good day. You too. One smart guy, that's Secretary Pompeo, you know, the head of the CIA, Secretary of State, and number one in his class in West Point. Mm -hmm. And now I understand we have somebody on the line again? That's correct. We have the former administrator of the EPA, Scott Pruitt. And he knows about the uh, fossil fuel business, I guess. Just possibly a little bit. We were just speaking (laughs) with uh, Secretary of State Pompeo, and we're talking about the cancellation of the leases in Alaska here where we're trying to dig ourselves out of this hole that the Biden administration put us in. I mean, what what the heck and is he, going on? And, and President Biden says he wants to help. Meanwhile, he cancels all the leases and it ends up the leases are canceled in Alaska, where we have that pipeline ready and to look, go. That's right. And, and look, Secretary Pompeo um, worked with him in the cabinet, a wonderful gentleman, wonderful leader. Uh, he understands the importance uh, of these energy issues as it relates to geopolitical issues. I mean, to the degree that America is withdrawing uh, from producing energy to the world, it makes Russia and China that much stronger. And so this administration is just completely backwards when it comes to energy. Not only are are American citizens paying more at the pump, not only are they uh, obviously paying more for uh, power and the power grid, uh, it's hurting us domestically. We're also uh, looking at the, the global stage and understanding that we're not doing what we can to influence global actors on the supply of energy from from America. So, you know, it's 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 just terribly confusing. It's very very hypocritical. It's very inconsistent for the administration to say, the president to say, Joe Biden to say that he wants to help American citizens with respect to higher cost, higher gasoline costs, and then take these kinds of steps to issue the drilling moratorium and other things. General, as you all know. General, it's Richard Weinberg. Hey, Judge, how are you? Good. I want to ask you this. For example, here in New York State, we have a situation where the state legislature passes bills, and they say they want to have no new buildings built after 2030 unless they're electric buildings. How does that work, General? It doesn't. I mean, and and it's like a lot of these companies, Judge, that that, that that talk about going to net neutrality by 2030 or whatever the case may be. I mean, 
we need to take away this this anti-fossil fuel mentality that's driving this administration. There, there needs to be a much more cohesive view to our energy mix to say that renewables, renewables play a part, but this adversity, this, this uh, cancellation, if you will, of fossil fuels in providing a low-cost energy to, to the American public is just simply not the way it should be. And, and look, I mean, this week, as you all know, the SEC came out with climate disclosure rules, uh, and, and those are finalized sometime in June. Uh, that then is is incorporating into this mix a very difficult uh, as far as accessing capital. I mean, you can't just turn the spigot on and say we're going to lower gas prices. It takes labor, it takes capital, it takes uh, you know obviously investment over a longer time. If you send this message of anti-fossil fuel, I'll ask you: What private sector companies want to invest, knowing that this administration is antagonistic to those things in the long term? It puts their it puts their investments at risk. And it puts America at risk for the long term. And he's telling – and the administration in the White House is telling the banks, don't lend to fossil fuel companies. So where, where is that going to take us? You know, North America well, can I, solve the problem. We, we, we've all talked about that. John, you had a great idea like a North American treaty, Between right? Mexico, United States, and Canada, and North America becomes self-sufficient. Without question, John. I mean, and, and, and you think about it from this perspective. I mean, from a permitting vantage point, the administration could be doing more to accelerate permitting. They're going the exact opposite direction. They're, they're expanding NEPA uh, timelines and making it more difficult for transportation-related issues. They're, 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 as you indicated, attacking the capital side and the investment side into fossil fuels and energy for, for you know, domestic production. Uh, it's affecting us globally with respect to the world stage and Russia and China becoming stronger. I mean, what, what this administration doesn't understand is when America produces energy, we do it more sensitive to the environment than any nation in the world. If we want a better environment, America should be center at, at, at generating energy, not second. You know, China and Russia, they don't do it nearly as well as we do. And so the world needs American energy. Americans need American energy. And to have some relationship with Canada and Mexico, to have the equivalent of a, a, a trade zone, if you will, John, a commitment to producing energy from the north to the south and, and truly collaborating together makes abundant sense, both from a transportation perspective but also a production perspective. Uh, I agree, and and it will bring down inflation. If we opened up North America within 90 days, and, and there won't be no inflation, and, and nobody can figure out why he doesn't turn on North America. It's an ideological yeah, it's, obsession. It's, it's, the fact that we'd rather buy yeah, fuel exactly from right. Venezuela than have it right here and make ourselves more reliant, you know, self-reliant. Again, we're on the line with former uh, chief of the Environmental Protection Agency, Scott Pruitt. But he was also attorney general mm-hmm. of Oklahoma. Yes. And his home state is Oklahoma. And he is now running. There's a primary coming up for the uh, Senate, United States Senate in Oklahoma. When is the primary in Oklahoma, uh, General? John, it's, uh, it's June 28th. It's June 28th. It's coming very quickly. And these energy issues that we're talking about are front and center, not just in Oklahoma, but across the country. I mean, I actually was with a, a group of oil and gas executives in Oklahoma City a couple of days ago, and, and they are echoing the very things we're talking about. How do we invest? How do we take capital? How do we actually turn the spigot on for the American, you know, American public when this administration is acting antagonistic to us every single day? I mean, through rules and regulations and policies and statements and, 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 and all that they're doing to, to make sure that we, we don't 
turn on the spigot and actually produce energy for the American people. It's just it's dumbfounding. With- this administration thinks that Americans are so so slow to understand that you can, that, that that they are against uh, fossil fuels and they don't want lower gas prices. General Pruitt, with Biden's first executive order, John Katzmatidis, you held a press conference right outside of our studios. And John said, I will predict you'll see some empty store shelves. You're going to see gas go up X amount of dollars. And I remember I was part of the I'm part of the press. I'm a journalist. And they looked at each other saying, oh, come on. He, and But we knew this was going to happen. The fact that President Biden, even just now about the baby formula, saying, well, we're not mind readers. Everybody knew this was going to happen because it's common sense. Why do something when you know it's going to put America last and our adversaries first? Yes, and look, I mean, they know. They know better. Uh, they just they, they speak out of both sides of their mouth on these issues. They tell the American public that they want to do more uh, for to lower gas prices by releasing the petroleum reserve, knowing that that's not going to solve any problems. But it's an optics. It, it shows that they're doing something. But the real work that needs to be done it, they're failing at, and they're failing at consistently, and they're antagonistic toward those things. I mean, we've talked about this before. LNG, you know, LNG for the world is so important, American LNG for the world. We don't have enough capacity, particularly on the East Coast. We need more LNG trains on the East Coast in order to export to Europe to compete favorably. We need more LNG trains uh, in, in Louisiana and Texas. And those permitting requirements that are slowing those kinds of facilities up, this administration can address tomorrow if they wanted to. I mean, why there is a failure to recognize that energy to America is it, it's an opportunity. It's, it's, it's something that we can really provide great jobs and opportunities to our to our citizens, provide lower gas prices and also have an impact on global issues and help Ukraine and help Europe. wean themselves off of Russian energy. I just don't understand it. I, I don't understand why an administration, an American president would have such an antagonistic view. To the American people. Scott Pruitt, nobody can understand it. Thank you for coming on and good luck in your race in Oklahoma. I'm sure you're going to win it because uh, uh, people remember how good of an attorney general you were. And uh, we'll talk again real soon. Thank you all. It's good to be with you. Uh, I understand uh, we have Gordon Chang on uh, talking about China on uh, on Sunday. And we have a little bit of a, t- uh, of, a of a bit, a two minute bit. Mm-hmm. Let's play Gordon Chang. The opposition to C right now, is it because C is too aggressive towards the West or not aggressive enough? The opposition to C in general going back months has been that he has created this coalition against China, which uh, was premature. So in terms of his what's called wolf warrior diplomacy, um, other people in the Chinese regime think that he's gone too far. But uh, recently, the reason why he's encountered so much resistance is because the lockdowns in China are actually not helping that much in terms of the disease, but they are putting the Chinese economy into contraction, something that we began to see in March and was very clear in April, because it last month, April, the Chinese economy was contracting not just month to month, but also year to year. And this has caused distress among the people in Shanghai and indeed around the east coast of China, because a number of these cities are now uh, buttoned down tight. So is that good news for the Western world that the leadership around Xi really wants to have peaceful coexistence with the West? 
or am I wrong? Um, you're both right and wrong, I suppose. It, it really depends uh, how this works out. I mean, it could work out so that there's a moderate leader of China who wants to engage with the West and who is sincere in reforming China. But that's pretty unlikely, I think, at this stage. Um, most people believe that Xi Jinping will get his precedent-breaking third term as general secretary sometime this fall, because if tradition holds, the Communist Party will hold its 20th National Congress in October or November. But uh, And I think that, it, that Xi probably will get his third term, but it's never been the near certainty that people have said it would be. I think that this right now is a hot mess in Beijing. That was a little piece from uh, Sunday's... Uh, uh Show interview and right. show and and uh, so it's a year and, you know, full you know what else I said and there's other revelations I I said to uh, uh, Chang I said uh, is this good? is the opposition because the rest of the China wants to be more pro West or they want to be more opposite pro West and oh, got to tune in on Sunday to find out what the answer to that is. Uh, let's take a break and when we come back, Larry Kudlow. What is the, we'll find out what Larry's going to talk about. The economy, stupid. What else? Exactly. We'll be right back. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Talk Radio 77 WABC. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katsimatidis and Cats at Night on 77 WABC. Welcome back to the John Katsimatidis Cats at Night show. It's Friday and you know what that means. Larry Kudlow, he is the world's leading economist who served as a director of the National Economic Council under the Trump administration. He also has a show on Fox Business, the number one show on Fox Business. And he's got the number one show on Saturdays here at WABC Radio. Absolutely. We didn't point it out on uh, Thursday night. <laughs> Larry Kudlow. Larry Kudlow. What the heck is going on in the, in, the, in the country? Well, let me summarize. Inflation up. We had three inflation reports this week. The CPI, uh, 8.3%. Producer prices up 11%. Import prices up 12%. Stocks continue to fall. Another weekly decline. Uh, the Fed chairman swears up and down he's going to drain cash from the economy and raise their target rate. And then Joe Biden is in complete denial about any of this. He's just out there blaming everybody under the sun. He will not take uh, credit. He will not change his policies. And what I call the big government socialist, the progressive experiment is failing very badly. And if Biden doesn't change, which I don't think he will, then um, the cavalry is coming in November, John. The cavalry. Is oh coming. no! <laughs> and uh, <laughs> whenever control, Larry says that, that's how I feel. The cavalry. The cavalry is <laughs> going to be late. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I hid that uh, tape. I thought you all wouldn't yeah. find it. <laughs> the governor hid the tape. Uh, and, Larry. And, uh, Biden, Biden is uh, blaming uh, 
Senator Rick Scott and others for being a uh, an ultra MAGA, ultra MAGA. And he says Trump is the MAGA king. I want to be an ultra MAGA. Where do I sign? I'm ultra MAGA. <laughs> Larry, it's Richard Weinberg. I think the country was far better off when we had the Trump administration in charge, because right now I can't think of a thing that this administration has done right. And I still want to know why. I've seen, are... I've seen those videos of today of those refugees just coming through the border like like no tomorrow. They're of not course. refugees. We, we think they could be terrorists. It could we be sex traffickers. We don't know what they are. The but MS-13, the terrorists, there are all kinds of people that are not know. being screened. But, but Larry, they're not doing anything right. And I want to know who is 18 percent that support Biden think the country is <laughs> in the right direction? BLM. Well, it's got to be somebody. But look, I, I call it the progressive experiment where, uh, you know, people in government, central planners, regulate and run everything. I mean, it's far left stuff. You know, they spend, they tax, they regulate, they print money, they borrow money, and it's backfired very badly. And it's kind of sad to see a president being unaware of this. He will not take ownership of it, as we saw in his uh, press conference. uh, What, it was Monday, I think. It might have been Tuesday. But in any case, uh, he doesn't want to own it. He's blaming everybody. And. He's got to take the blame. And there's polls that you cite show voters now blame him quite simply, straightforwardly. And look, you know, there's no confidence in him. And frankly, there's no confidence in the Federal Reserve. Uh, the stock market is in a very bad slump. You know, another piece of news this week was this sell off in the Bitcoin uh, and some of the other digital currencies and digital currency exchanges. Um, all that stuff is related. And um, I mean, by the way, Bitcoin and the rest of them, are, they're here to stay. That's not going away. And as they get cheaper, you might want to buy some. But I'm just saying there is no confidence right now in the body politic. There's no confidence in the stock market. There's no confidence in the business community. And these are things that take their toll. I hate to see it because I want to be an optimist. And I do think we're going to see big political change this fall. Now, this is what I would call as a dull, dull period. Governor Patterson? Larry, I was a little surprised to hear you say that you think Bitcoin is here to stay. I'm ambivalent on on the subject. I just wanted to hear a little more why you feel that way. Well, look, um, I did the riff this tonight's show on this. Uh, you've got like two and a half trillion dollars of money investing in Bitcoin and, you know, Ethereum and related uh, digital currencies or alt currencies or cryptocurrencies, whatever you wish to call them. Um, This is an Internet play. And uh, there's no question it's here to stay. It's not going to go away. And, you know, some of these companies, I mean, it's also quite interesting. Um, You take this Coinbase, which is not a currency. It's the exchange. Um, They made a lot of money last year. Okay. Uh, Coinbase, Coinbase made, I don't know what the number was, but they made like four and a half billion dollars in profits for heaven's sakes. It's a serious company. Now their stock is way down year to date. It's down something like 70% with a multiple of, I don't know, four, you might want to come in and buy it. But, uh, the country people are investing uh, this way through the internet. There's no reason for it not to stay. Now they may have to standardize some reporting 
uh, they may have to be, you know, more show uh, what their capitalization is, what their reserves are. But Internet, look, Internet uh, exchanging, Internet payments mechanisms, uh, which is really what these digital currencies are. They're outside the uh, banking system. They're outside the Federal Reserve and the Treasury. Um, it's definitely here to stay. It's only going to grow. And the prices fluctuate. I mean, look. You can beat up on, uh, you know, Bitcoin is down 35 percent year to date. Uh, as I said, Coinbase is down, I think, 70 percent year to date. But so is almost everything else. When there's now, certain controls, Larry, we, we disagree again on this one. And the, the largest bet me and you make is dinner. Uh, Bitcoin, <laughs> right. Bitcoin mm-hmm. in me has no reason to live because it's, it's just unexplainable. Other other currency, other cryptocurrency may have a reason to live if there's some control on it. Cryptocurrency that's run by a bank, it has a reason to live because you know where to go to get you know the right time of day. Well, I'm not sure I understand. Cryptocurrency is not run by a bank. Well, then no, there are some cryptocurrencies that have come out that banks are coming out with. Oh. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. That's true. Um, thanks. I, I think the bigger point is. I want to be uh, able to pick up a phone call and say I lost my uh, secu- my uh, security code. Yeah, but you can do that. I mean, um, you've got blockchain, which is the big ledger. Uh, you can track payments transactions, John. By the way, you can track all that over the Internet. It's a very efficient system. I mean, banks and retailers are accepting digital currencies. That trend has been going on for quite some time. That's why I note there's uh, 2.6 trillion uh, Bitcoin. I I call it Bitcoin. I mean, generically, there's 2.6 trillion of digital currencies circulating. Yes, but I think we have to differentiate between the types of Bitcoins. That's all. That's my only difference with you. Well, I I mean, look, uh, one thing, if the Federal Reserve uh, had a better management of the value of the dollar. <laughs> I don't think all this might have arisen, but they don't. And so part of this digital currency revolution uh, comes from the fact that people don't trust the banking system and they don't trust our currency. All right. Now, I probably wouldn't go that far, although I've been you know, very critical of the Fed bungling inflation in the last couple of years. But my point is, these are alternative approaches. They're competitive approaches, and I don't see anything wrong with them. But, but people who invest in them or use them as um, uh, payments have to have their eyes open. Okay, you got to have your eyes open. You got to know what the risks are, side and downside risks. But that should be true of any investment. And like I say, um, I follow Bitcoin. Bitcoin's down about thirty-five percent year on date. J.P. Morgan's down twenty-five percent year to date. All right. So, yeah, but at you know least what? you know what you have. Well, I don't know. Do we know? Yeah, I'll take well, your word. You might for be it. right. No, you might be right. We never know. But with the value of the know. dollar going down, I don't know what we have. You're right. Uh, yeah, we have a, a minute left. Anything else you want to tell the American people? No. Look, um, you know, as I said, this is a dull time. You hate to see stocks falling. You hate to see inflation rising. Um, I don't think this story is going to end well. But I do think once we go through this whole corrective phase in the economy 
and in the body politic and the elections, we will come out on the other side much better. To me, the good news is this radical progressivism experiment conducted by Joe Biden um, is coming to an end. It's failed, just like it failed around the world, uh, including where they tried it for many decades and then pulled back. So that's the good news. And the public knows it's failed. And that's why they're going to punish the party in power come November. Larry Kudlow, have a great weekend. And I'll be listening to you between 10 o'clock and 1 o'clock on WABCradio.com, 770 on the AM dial. Every Saturday, the number one show on WABC, Larry Kudlow. And find out what the economy is doing by tuning in. Thank you, Larry Kudlow. I'll be listening to your show tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Oh, not again. (laughs) My nerves. Have a great weekend, Larry. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Let's take a break. And when we come back. We're going to be talking about drugs coming across the border. You don't want to miss this report right straight from the DEA. Keep it right here. Cats at night. John Cats and the Teens. Welcome back to the John Katz Matidis Cats at Night Show. Now on the line for us is a special agent in charge of the New York Division of the Drug Enforcement Agency, Frank Tarantino. How are you, Agent Tarantino? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. So you guys had a huge bust of crystal meth. Tell us about it. Well, let me first just say that, that um, you know, what the DEA is seeing on a national scale and certainly here in New York City is a significant public safety, public health, and national security threat. First and foremost, this is this is the DEA getting out in front of this issue. Our number one priority is to save lives, and you know we're committed to making our communities healthier and safer by targeting these criminal drug networks that are flooding our city streets with this poison. So we're doing that on a daily basis using data-driven intelligence and uh, you know targeting the right networks and the right traffickers that are responsible for causing the most harm in our communities. And number three, third most important thing we're doing is we're trying to educate and provide awareness in order to prevent this 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 epidemic from becoming even greater than what it is today. With 108,000 lives in a 12-month period, that's, that's the most lives we've lost from drug overdose and overdose deaths in our nation's history. So this is a significant problem, as I mentioned, a public health, public public safety and national security threat. And we are seriously committed and, and focused on trying to save lives and, and drive down overdose deaths and drug-related violence. And so when you see 50 kilograms or, or sorry, 22 kilograms, 50 pounds of, of crystal meth on our city streets, this is these criminal networks, these predatory criminal drug networks that are flooding our streets with this. And it's all coming from Mexico. All of the precursor chemicals are coming from China. They're making this this poison in these labs in in Mexico, and they're flooding into the United States in record numbers. And the number one goal is to drug addiction. And the number one goal behind drug addiction is to make money. Half a million dollar a year business, it's all about greed. It's all about expanding their customer base. It's all about increasing addiction. And that's exactly what we're seeing here with this meth increase and, and specifically with with Mexico's involvement with the fentanyl. And when you when you increase fentanyl production in Mexico and you're mixing it in all these different drugs like meth and cocaine and other 
drugs, that's when you're having these significant overdoses. And that's why we've seen such a such a increase in overdose deaths. Agent Tarantino, it's, uh, it's Judge Richard Weinberg, sir. I want to tell you, my biggest problem is you recognize the issue. Large numbers of us recognize the issue. Sitting in the studio with me is Governor Patterson. He understands the issue. I don't think, respectfully, to the Biden administration, they understand the issue. They have an open border policy. The stuff is flooding through. They're not checking who's coming in. They're flying people in the middle of the night all across the country. That has to stop. You're not going to be able to do your job and protect us unless that border is safe. What say you, sir? Well, I would say, sir, that our focus has always been and, and, and forever will be the network. And when we think about the high-level drug trafficking networks like the Sinaloa Cartel and CGNG, who are solely responsible for this fentanyl production and, and responsible for these counterfeit prescription pills that we're seeing on our city streets, we're looking to take out the network at all levels. We're looking to target them in the host country, and, and we're looking to track them all the way back into the, into the United States. And what I have seen in my 24-year career is that drug traffickers – and drug trafficking networks are really good and resourceful at figuring out a way to get their product to the city streets of the United States. And so we are focused on taking out the network while we're working with our counterparts, our stakeholders in our, in our communities to educate and to make them aware of these dangers. And, you know, we're going to continue to, to look at the, the, the people responsible and hold them accountable. And we're going to continue to look at taking out these cartels and we're going to take them out completely, right? We're, this is not a disruption idea. This is a dismantlement. We're looking to totally dismantle these cartels and we're starting right, right down there in Mexico and we're focused in on them and we're doing everything we can to, to bring them to bear, uh, to bring them to justice and, and hold them accountable. Wow, I mean, it, it, it's such a problem, and uh, so many people die. I understand that uh, 107,000 people died uh, in America so far. And what's really scary, Agent Tarantino, is the fentanyl. You, it, you can't really tell just by looking at the pill that it's fentanyl and it could kill you. And so people could be buying fentanyl, ingesting it, maybe even a first-time user, and they're dying from it, correct? You're absolutely you're abs- Correct. I mean, this is the really frightening thing about what we're experiencing today. First of all, as I mentioned earlier, these trafficking networks, these criminal trafficking networks, bad actors are specifically poisoning Americans to, to create greater addiction and, and again, fuel their, 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 um, their customer base to spend more money, right? It's all about making money. But what they're doing is they're increasing addiction by mixing in fentanyl into all of their products now. So what what we have seen through through our laboratories and through our testing is that four out of ten pills, forty percent, contain a potential lethal dose. And your point, it's microscopic. We're talking about two milligrams. You take a tip, you take two milligrams, you put them on. It fits on the tip of a pencil. You're talking about taking a salt shaker and trying to to pour ten to twenty grains of salt. You're talking about very small amounts of of lethality. These pills are laced in lethal, and they're coming in by by the millions, right? They're coming in, they're flooding into our city streets. And what people don't know is they're taking a pill from a trusted friend or from somebody on social media. They have no idea that it contains fentanyl and it's killing them. It's killing people at record amounts. And uh, this is about the cartels victimizing more and more Americans every single day. Well, thank you so much for coming on, uh, 
and uh, keep fighting for America. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Thank Agent you, Tarantino. Thank you, Thank you so much. And people don't realize that kids are not only buying drugs like on the corner. They can actually buy, as you just mentioned, through social media, through Snapchat and through these other avenues. So it is really scary world out there. And parents need to talk to their kids and just tell them, don't even bother. Don't don't try it. Don't look at it because it could kill you. Absolutely. I think the days of experimentation and 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 trying something new long long gone and over because there's just too much risk and there's 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 too much of a um lethality in these pills today that that we can't we can't rely on on uh this this experimental phase in life right this is killing people at record numbers and we're talking about 293 people a day i would just say this to you that's like a 737 crashing every day if a 737 crashed every single day in america what would we be saying about that? What what would we be demanding? We would be demanding. Well, Boeing stock is down to 129. Can it get it lower? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know about that, sir. I I, I can only tell you that, you know, we we are uh, we are focused and committed, and and we're continuing our efforts. And we appreciate your support, and we thank you for the opportunity to send this message out to the American people. Thank you so much. DEA agent Frank Tarantino, thank you so much for everything you do for Americans, and God bless you, and and God bless America. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we got some breaking uh, news. Some breaking news. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. Cats at night on seventy-seven WABC. Welcome back to the John Katzmatidis Cats at Night show. We have for you some breaking news. WABC. House Democrats stall a measure boosting security for Supreme Court justices claiming that the bill should include law clerks. So how messed up is that, John Katzmatidis? I, I mean, you want to include law clerks? Include them. Just but get the job done. Just get the job done. You're right. Just, you know, this is Governor? the kind of... Uh, fooling around that people do with other people's safety. Uh, I mean, I remember every governor except me left office and had a security detail for about six weeks. Four days after I left office, the woman, Gabrielle Giffords, the congresswoman, was mm-hmm. shot. Mm. And um, and I was, I mean, mortified by that because sometimes people wait for you to get out of office or if they know where your house is, this whole idea of playing games with the with the lives. Just imagine what would happen if one of these Supreme Court justices got shot. Be, beyond everything else crazy, that happened, crazy. Now, we would clearly not even be living in a, in a society anymore. We're going to have Dr. Michalos coming on. Are we getting Dr. Michalos on? They're getting him on, and, and there's and, also and, and and the big the big other news is I tried to get every food manufacturer that makes baby formula. That's right. I tried to get every single one of them. And, and big suppliers, and guess what? Not a single one had the courage to come on this radio show. Right. But they did send a statement. And basically, the summation of the statement is that they are blaming COVID-19. Oh, they're course. blaming the Abbott recall and the factory shutdown in Michigan. And a short time ago, President Biden was asked about why didn't they do something before when all three things were occurring? I mean, this is not something that you couldn't predict. We all predicted it. But apparently, this is what President Biden had to say about the baby formula shortage. If we'd been better mind readers, I guess we could have. But we moved as quickly as the problem became apparent to us. And we have to move with caution as well as speed. Well, 
Let me ask you this question. They're full if of you had, crap. <laughs> there you go. Let the record reflect that it was not me. All right. <laughs> All right. Let's be, let's be Thank clear. Thank God it's Friday afternoon. That's right. they, had, they had a whistleblower. It took them, I don't know, somewhere between two to four months to even respond to the whistleblower's complaints. Well, so if we, if what's we, that about? But if we buy, by the way, if we buy uh, a formula from Mexico or China, it's it's that fentanyl. Fentanyl. Oh, my God. Look, well, the FDA, now the... Uh, F- let, let's go to Dr. Michalos. Right. The, uh, and as we go to Dr. Michalos, the White House just announced that the FDA will finally start clearing the way for imports of baby formula from overseas to address these nationwide shortages. Dr. Michalos, I think a lot of people aren't understanding just how uh, how necessary baby formula is for some children. Well, baby formula is uh, important. And actually, I know people who live in upstate New York, actually, they're getting plenty of baby formula just driving over to Canada, and apparently plenty. So, uh, there, wow, that's, an breaking that's, that's breaking news, doctor. Uh, and now uh, you want, you want uh, baby formula to go to Canada. I'm sure Mexico has it, too. The migrant centers, like too. Have, the CAT scan machines in the, the Canadians come to Buffalo, New York for CAT scan machines because they can't get into a CAT scan for six or seven months. They drive over, they pay $300 in cash and get a CAT scan the same day in Buffalo, New York. By so the way, uh, doctor, it, 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 we find out that a lot of the shortages of, of Infamil and uh, is along the border states along Mexico because the government is giving it to the to the uh, transients and the refugees coming through instead of the American citizens. Well, there's a lot going on. I think we're going to so might, uh, might have a problem with our turkey dinners because now we have a bird flu that's 10 times worse than the 2015 bird flu, and it's an avian flu, and it's called the type A influenza. And uh, we've now had 37 million chickens and turkeys that had to be killed or have died from this bird flu uh, just in the last few months. So uh, these birds apparently are infected, and they've been flying in from uh, Europe. And when the farmers see the geese flying over, they get scared because they're dropping basically bird poop, and the saliva, mucus, and feces contains this avian influenza. And it has been found in only two human beings, thank goodness. One person who was a cleaner of chickens got it in Colorado, but it does respond to regular influenza tammy flu that you can get as a prescription so that's the good news but 37 million birds dead chickens turkeys and even 54 bald eagles tested positive in wildlife centers around the country so that's something that we have to keep an eye on these uh, new avian bird flus doctors we need some good news give us some good news please (laughs) great news from yale great news we have that you can uh uh, in the Journal of Molecular Biology and Evolution, they found that now they can quantify factors that cause the changes in the DNA that contribute to cancer growth in most major tumors. So we now know that everybody sees it's all about your genes. It's not. 20% of your problems are about your genes, and 80% are what's called epigenetics, how we live, our diet, our exercise, our environment. And now with the analysis of some of these tumors, for example, they know that Skin cancer like melanoma, squamous cell, basal cell, they can actually see it when they look at the sample of tumor that it was caused by UV light. Because we now know UV light, of course, causes cumulative exposure, can cause skin cancers. They now analyze lung cancer tumors. You can see lung tumors, and they can actually see the spot 
on the DNA that was affected by the smoke. The same thing with asbestos exposure. The same thing with Roundup, as we heard recently with the lymphoma cases. The same thing with the talc powder and ovarian cancer. So now they're able to identify better, and this is going to help give people more preventive medicine and tell them things to avoid. And things like, uh, for example, people want their their bacon well done and their well done. Anytime you see the black stuff on there that's burnt, those contain nitrosamines, and those are associated with colon cancer. I used to say, I used to say, I remember in those days, I used to say, give me that bacon black, really burnt, because it tasted better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not not a good thing for you, so that's why we can avoid it. So we help our listeners to try to avoid those things. So now we're going to learn really how much is preventable and how much is actually for aging. Some of them, tumors like a glioblastoma of the brain, those are just bad luck. Mm-hmm. And they they really can't identify anything because that's in an isolated area of the skull. But we're learning about all these other cancers, and we're going to learn a lot more. And some of the things going on to update what's happening with COVID, that uh, since January, uh, we've got about 40% of the COVID deaths are in uh, actually vaccinated persons as well because the new uh, variants basically are not covered by the original vaccine, which is the Alpha Wuhan variant vaccine to protect against the A variant. Dr. Mikolos, I was telling Judge Weinberg how important it is for everyone to get their vitamin D levels checked because when those vitamin D levels are good, you know, it helps boost your immune system. It helps in the fight against COVID. Should more people be doing that? Am I correct in dispensing some of that medical advice? It is. Well, it's we're not giving advice, but we're telling what's out in the literature and the papers. If your vitamin D levels are above 50, your chances of ending up dead or on a ventilator are much lower. And that's the data coming out. And that's real. The thing you got to be careful is remember the mnemonic, A-D-E-K, ADEC. Those are fat soluble vitamins. They build up in your system. So when your doctor tells you take vitamin D, they also have to check the levels in six months to make sure you don't get toxicity because you can get toxicity from A, D, E, and K. Other wow. things like vitamin C, we pee, we pee them out right away. So one of the things that everyone says, oh, my doctor told me to take D, but it was three years later. And I've had three people that I've seen in the last five years who had vitamin D toxicity and their levels were too high because nobody ever told them to stop it and nobody follows up. Wow. Dr. Michalos, we're out of time, but I'm telling all our audience, tune in to the Catch Roundtable. Listen to Dr. Michalos on Sunday show, the Catch Roundtable, 8 to 10 o'clock in the morning, and you'll find out how to live longer. Judge Weinberg, Governor Patterson, have a great weekend. Lydia, Spend a great weekend with your with your daughter. Absolutely. And God bless New York and God bless America. And I love that supermarket. Uh, that supermarket. I, well, <laughs> it's a Freudian slip. Theme. Freudian slip. <laughs> Enjoy the Staten Island Ferry Hawks game, John. Truth, justice, I'm going to see the Ferry Hawks. The we won three way. in a row already. So I'm going to see the Ferry Hawks so we can have four in a row.